Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a PGY1 psychiatry resident physician. In this podcast, we discuss whole person health and wellness through an osteopathic lens, holistically addressing the body, mind, and spirit. We also discuss topics important to medical trainees, including pre-med students, medical students, and residents. Thanks for joining me. Hi, everyone. This is the second episode of a series on my trying to conceive journey as well as my fertility journey. In this episode, I'm going to include a clip that I recorded back in February of 2022, which was the month that I decided to get off of birth control and start trying to conceive. At this point, I was not diagnosed with infertility. I did not know I had PCOS, but it was when I really started my journey of especially changing my diet and starting to introduce supplements into my routine. So I talk a lot about that. And this was all while studying in medical school when I was a third-year medical student. And though this recording is now over a year old, all of it is still very relevant. The vitamins that I talk about are ones that are still available over-the-counter at most drugstores, and all of the ideas that I share about what vitamins and minerals to look for and vitamins and what kind of things to change in your diet is things that are still accurate today and things that I would recommend you look into. I say this in the recording, but of course, none of this is medical advice, and you should talk to your family medicine physician or your OBGYN about what a good diet would be for you, as well as what vitamins and supplements you should take, because it's important to choose all of those in the context of your your own state of health in the setting of whatever medical conditions you have and your personal situation. So I just wanted to say that, but all of it, all of what I talk about are things that I kind of continued through my months of trying to conceive. And I eventually introduced a few additional changes to my diet and the different supplements I took after I was diagnosed with infertility and then later diagnosed with PCOS. So those changes I do not talk about in this recording, but that is definitely something that I will speak on in a future episode separately because that's really a special case. This episode is more relevant to the average woman and will be especially helpful to women who are vegetarian or vegan because I briefly discuss some of the important things to consider with having those dietary preferences. So I hope that this episode is helpful and gets you thinking about what changes you should make if you are family planning and starting your trying to conceive journey. So, here's the recording. I'm now providing several editing services specifically for medical students and pre-med students. 
I can help with editing your CV, personal statements, and applications, whether you're applying to medical school or to residency. I will catch your grammar and style mistakes and also provide feedback on content revision so you can craft documents that make you more competitive. There are so many expensive services out there that charge hundreds to thousands of dollars on reviews, which is why I am offering a much more affordable service with different price packages based on your needs. Use the link in my bio to learn more about the services I offer for individualized help. I want to talk a little bit about my preconception diet and just routine. Like, what am I doing differently now that I am thinking about getting pregnant, even before I get off the pill? So, just a timeline for you. I am recording this on February 22nd in 2022, and I started my preconception journey November 18th. It's been a little over three months, and three months is usually what we are told to start taking a prenatal vitamin, at least taking folate, before it is even possible to get pregnant. And that's because folate is super important um, because it can easily prevent most spinal cord defects. So things like spina bifida and alloprosencephaly, things like that. But three months is the minimum. However, I have been eating cereal that has folate in it as well as like a multivitamin that also has folate in it for a long time so I don't think I was going into this folate deficient if you think you're going into this folate deficient it's probably good to do at least six months but now I was a little bit more deliberate about what I'm doing and cleaning up my diet and making sure I get other really important vitamins and minerals in order to give my baby the best shot. So the first thing I did on like November 18th when my husband finally said like, okay, I think I'm ready to try to get pregnant this year. So I like went to CVS and I think I already said this, that I, I've always been ready. So I was, I was going to kind of take the steps as soon as he gave me the okay. So I bought Alive Daily Support Prenatal Gummies because they were one of the few vegetarian gummies that, because I really like taking vitamin gummies because they taste good to me at least, so I kind of, like, look forward to having them because I usually don't have, like, candy or anything, so it's just, like, a nice, like, sweet treat, and I don't have to take it, like, with water necessarily, um, so I really just like the gummies, and I've used Alive's, uh, regular, like, women's gummies before, and I really liked them, so it was an easy choice for me, and those actually have, uh, DHA in it, which I didn't even, like, really think about until more recently, like, a, f a week or so ago, when I was listening to a podcast and doing some reading and found out that vegetarians have a real problem getting DHA in their diet, um, and that is an omega-3, and sources of omega-3 typically come from fish, 
But omega-3 you can get in a lot of other things. However, usually the form that it's in is AHA. And your body can convert AHA into DHA. However, some people have genetic defects that prevent that conversion or make it a lot less efficient. So that was kind of startling to me um, because I don't eat fish or fish oil. Uh, So DHA is really important for baby's brain development. So that's really important to get. And I... As soon as, like, I found out about this, because they don't teach you this in medical school, I haven't come across that yet, at least. So, I was kind of frantic, and I knew, like, seaweed is a potential source, and I was going to buy, like, seaweed supplements, because I don't know if I can get enough by just eating seaweed every day. But then I noticed that the gummies that I have been taking for the last three months, over three months, has DHA in it. And it's not a significant dose, but it is a pretty good dose that I'm not going into this already being deficient. So that was really great to see. So I really like those gummies. Um, They taste great to me at least. But the one thing that I would say it does not have is it doesn't have iron in it. And I do usually eat a cereal that has iron in it. So that's not a huge problem, but I do have to be conscious that I'm including that in my diet. So I also have two other supplements that I'm going to transition into now that I'm getting closer. So um, one is I started taking probiotics. Um, So I've taken probiotics in the past, like a chewable and I think like everyone should be taking probiotics for healthy gut and healthy gut for pregnancy is really important because your baby can be born with a healthy gut if you take probiotics and help your own gut flora even before pregnancy. So I take culturel probiotics right now and none of these are sponsors, by the way. I just thought, like, and it, like, I don't really, I haven't used enough of these supplements to really recommend any over others. And this is also not medical advice. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm just kind of sharing my own experience so that maybe it helps you and gets you thinking about different things. But these are just the ones that I use and I like them. I can, I can say like from experience that, um, so these are also gummies and they do taste good. And that's important to me too, like I said, and they're also vegetarian. So the gummies, they do have a little added sugar, but I mean like one gram of added sugar. So it's not that bad. And they use cane sugar, which is great. And those are good. I take two of them a day and it's, um, 3 billion SFUs of good bacteria, and I usually take that with food, but you don't have to take it with food, it looks like. Okay, so what I'm transitioning into now is a different prenatal, and this one was a little bit pricey. I got this at like a health food store, and it's called Thorn, and this is their basic prenatal. Um, but it looks pretty impressive to me. So this one is gluten-free, vegetarian, and 
I chose this one and I'm transitioning into this one because I'm a little bit worried about folate. So I've heard that you can also have a lot of genetic defects with how you convert folate. So the folate that you get in supplements and what you get in like fortified products like cereal is like folic acid. But this vitamin has um, methyl tetrahydrofolate, um, which is the form that your body like readily uses. So I'm only taking this one because I did not do like any kind of genetic screening for it. I am in the situation where I can afford something that's a little bit pricier in order to like make sure that I have really good folate stores. So for me, that is worth it. And also this one has like a huge dose of vitamin B12 in it as well. And as a vegetarian, vegetarians don't get a ton of vitamin B12. So this one, this one has like 7,000 percent of vitamin b12 so um that was important to me too um this one has like all of the usual suspects too of what a prenatal so your vitamin a c d e k like that is across the board with prenatals and then um thiamine riboflavin niacin that's pretty standard vitamin b6 is standard this Prenatal also has biotin, which I think my gummies also had too. A lot of like regular supplements or regular vitamins probably wouldn't have that. This one also has iron too. So that that's something too that I want to start having eggs for breakfast, which I also wanted to talk about too that I'm having eggs because of their choline. And usually it's recommended like two eggs a day for for um, women that are preconception or prenatal. And yeah, that's because of the choline and also the omega-3s that are in the egg yolk. So it always has to be the whole egg. It has to be the egg yolk. The egg white doesn't really have these um, vitamins and minerals that you need. It doesn't have the nutritional value that you need from the egg. So... Um, that was also good that this has iron in it too, um, which my other one did not. And it has like a moderate amount of magnesium, which can help with morning sickness too when the time comes. So yeah, it has zinc, a selenium, copper. So this looks pretty good to me. This seems like a really good like first trimester vitamin to like make sure that I have the readily available forms that I need. But these aren't gummies, so I'm kind of upset about that. And I have to take three capsules of it a day, and there's only 30 servings of it. So it really will only take me into the first month, but I can make sure that I have my stores available. But I don't think I can afford this vitamin for like as long as that that I would be taking prenatals, but I have it for kind of that vital first month period, which I might start taking that once I know I'm like ovulating and everything like that. So the other one that I have is called Prenatal One. This is by Rainbow Light. And this one is vegetarian and gluten-free. And this is a 45-day supply, but this one wasn't as pricey, so I could probably deal with this a little bit more. But I really like this one, so it has the usual suspects, like I mentioned, um, and very similar dosing. 
It does not have the methylfolate, but it has folic acid in it. And it has 300% of your vitamin B12. So not as much, but and it has biotin, iron, iodine, and yeah, really everything that the other one kind of had, but not in the readily available forms. But what this one does have is it has a superfoods blend. So it has organic spirulina, organic beet. These are all organic. Broccoli, kale, spinach, blackberry, blueberry, carrot, and cranberry. So that's really cool. And um, spirulina is one of the sources of DHA that you can get. So I'm, I never saw like a DHA count on this one, but I'm sure that there is some of that and that's why they included that one. So a lot of great things like if you don't have all of those great foods in your diet, you can still get a take advantage of those ingredients. And then it has a digestive support blend, and this is all in one pill. And the digestive support blend has, it has ginger juice, it has amylase, protease. Oh, this is great. These are all really important enzymes for digestion, and I didn't even know you could like take them in a pill form. It has lipase, it has lactase, oh this is great. It has bacillus coagulans too, that's amazing. I don't think I actually like read through this. I just saw a digestive support blend and I was like, oh that sounds great. And it has bioflavonoids, inositol, um, so yeah this one is really cool. However, it is disgusting. It really is quite gross. I... I think I, like, gag every time I take these, honestly. It's so bad. I have to, like, chase it. But, like, it's worth it because it has, like, the superfoods and the probiotics, like, in it. And, like, all of these, like, great, great nutrients. And, but it really is gross. But sometimes, like, the best supplements are really gross. So, I, I really don't mind it. But it is definitely a switch from the gummies I'm used to. So, what I've been eating, I've been trying to do the two eggs a day thing. Um, I've been eating a ton of fruits and vegetables, like most of my diet's fruits and vegetables, and I've kind of transitioned into that um, throughout the last few months. I've been eating a lot more like nuts, like almonds, walnuts, pistachios, things like that is really important. I've been trying to kind of limit my amount of like carbohydrates especially like simple carbohydrates like I'll still have like things like oatmeal and whole grain bread and pasta but I don't do like the sugar anymore um because I have family history of uh, gestational diabetes so my sister just had it my mom had it with me and also my youngest sister so I I don't know how often that is um genetic off the top of my head but most things are a little bit genetic to an extent, and I think, like, the three occurrences that happened in my immediate family is not, like, just a coincidence. So I want to take all that I can to kind of decrease my insulin resistance so that when pregnancy spikes your insulin resistance, it has a lower starting point so that hopefully I don't get gestational diabetes even though 
I mean, I turned out fine, and my little nephew turned out fine, too, and my little sister turned out fine, but it's just something, like, if I can do anything to prevent it, I will. So I've been kind of watching that. I've been cutting back on my coffee drastically, and just making better better health decisions. I'll probably um, ramp it up even more once I'm pregnant, but um, that's kind of what I'm doing now, and I already started from a diet that was pretty healthy. I just have to kind of watch. Really, my sugar intake was a big one, too, um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. I hope this was helpful. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.